It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Blue Breakdown podcast here on YesNetwork.com and also on the Big Blue Interactive website. It's the number one Giants fan message board on the web. Eric Kennedy is my co-host, does a great job. And, Eric, I'm sure there's a lot of happy Giant fans and a lot of Giant fans that were biting their fingernails on Sunday afternoon when we got our first look at Robert Griffith III and a big 27-23 win against the Redskins, something that they couldn't do last year. But I tell you, this Robert Griffith, he looks like he's the real deal. Yeah, this was a huge victory. They had to win this game because they didn't want to go 0-3 in the division, and it was looking bad at the end of the game. You know, I'm sure we'll get into it with the defense, but the, the they had to get a win, and then, you know, it sets up this game this weekend too, which is equally important because you only have six games in the division, and they were down 0-2 in the division, and they had to get, they had to, you know, hopefully if they win this weekend, they'll, they'll even the record up, but um, you know, the frustrating I think about this game is is it was exciting to win the way that they did, but you know, it's just their nature. Again, we talked about it last week. It's a one o'clock home game. Um, here we go again, and they had they were two and five going into this game at NFC East games at home in the new stadium, um, which is which is terrible. So I don't know what it is about this team, but they they. You know, we had the nice, comfortable win with the 49ers. We had the nice, comfortable win with the Panthers. Um, so maybe I shouldn't be complaining too much, and this is the NFL, and this is the way it's supposed to be, and it's a division game and all that. But, man, I just wish they'd stop making it so difficult on themselves and the fans. Yeah, and let's start talking about the defensive side of the ball because, the you know, the preparation all week was for RG3 and this fantastic running game that the Redskins have. i got to tell you, I was really impressed with Morris, and I think this guy's a Jerome Bettis clone. And I think having Morris really helps RG3. I mean, I think they feed off each other. But every time you take a snap and you're faking a handoff to Morris, the defense really has to be on their heels because this guy can pound you, man. Before you know it, this guy has five, ten yards, and he's a battering ram. Yeah, and this def- this offense that the Redskins run, it's called this, it's a pistol. It's called the pistol formation offense. It's really a college offense that um, Shanahan and his son Kyle Shanahan have have brought to the Redskins. And you basically have the quarterback and the shotgun about four yards back, not the complete full seven yards, and then you also have a running back behind him. And it puts a lot of stress on the defense because as fans were watching the game, you could see you didn't know if uh, Griffin was back there handing the ball off or if he was going to fake the handoff and just lob it over over the defense. And what kept happening, and if you watch the game closely or rewatch the game, is that every time they were in this formation and they handed the, or faked the handoff to the, the running back, the linebackers immediately took a step or two towards the line of scrimmage. And as soon as they did that, if it was a passing play, basically it opened up this huge gap in, in over, over the middle for Griffin to complete passes. And this is a pain in the rear end offense to defend. I don't know. You know, he, they've got, you've got to have the right personnel to do it. But I'm going to be curious to see how teams moving forward are going to defend this because this is really t- difficult to defend when you've got a quarterback like Griffin. And not everyone's going to have a quarterback like Griffin, obviously. 
but he can run the football. He can run out of the option. He, you know, they had this thing, you know, sometimes well defended, like that fourth and ten play, and he's just scrambling around there. But unlike he wasn't just scrambling around blindly, he was keeping his head up and looking down the field for someone to complete the pass to, and. Um, uh, the Giants' defense really was lost for most of that game. They didn't stop them at all in the first half. They had three scoring drives. There was not a punt in the first half. And they actually moved the ball pretty darn well in the second half, except for the turnovers. Now, you can say, well, the turnovers are a huge part of it. Um, true, but, man, thank God they got those turnovers because they weren't slowing that team down before that. Yeah, and we saw it a couple of weeks ago against Cam Newton, uh, this style of offense, and the Carolina Panthers, and the Giants did a brilliant job. Yes, they did. And I don't think the running game really had us uh, on our heels uh, like Alfred Morris did on Sunday because D'Angelo Williams and Stewart were just not in that game. So it was a a similar type attitude going into the game is that we're going to have to stop it. But I think what Griffith does – because he's so quick and because towards the end of the game he's so young. I mean, he has these fresh legs. He has these defensive guys that are chasing after him the whole game, and he'll just show these fresh legs at the end of the game, and he has the speed and the way he can run around, and I was really impressed with the touch he had on the ball. I mean, that touchdown pass to Santana Moss was was perfect, and Santana Moss I don't think catches a ball any other time during the season except against the Giants where he <laughs> scores touchdowns, you know, and he looked real impressive on the screen pass and, and the touch uh, going back to Griffith and the touch that he placed on the ball. So that's what really worries me about Robert Griffith III is the touch that he has on these passes because we saw this with Michael Vick when he came into the league, but I think he has a better arm than Michael Vick, and he's just showing that you know the tandem of him and Morris are going to be really dangerous in the next coming years, and I think Redskin fans have to be really excited. Now I think the Giants have to be really excited that they win a division game at home like you talked about, the, the record at home against a division on 1 o'clock games. Now on the offensive side of the ball, at least on the first drive, we saw the Giants were driving to get past midfield and it stalls, but at least they weren't as slow as they were against the last couple of games against Cleveland Browns and maybe against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting off to a, a decent start. But it wasn't one of Eli Manning's better games, and against the Redskins, he always has trouble you know, having great games against the Redskins, but when you really needed Eli, in the end, the Giants just placed the game into his hands and he just had that perfect pass to Victor Cruz. Yeah, it was a strange game offensively, and you're right. For some reason, he doesn't have his best games against the Redskins, and I don't think it's a personnel issue because, again, they were 32nd in the past, the 32nd against the pass. The Redskins aren't good. They're pretty good against the run. They were eighth going into this game, and you saw that the Giants had some problems running the football um, with them. Um, um, David Boss got dinged up with an ankle injury early in the game, and I don't think uh, Martellus Bennett had his best game blocking. And the Redskins, to their credit, for they, they there's two things that they do well against the Giants in recent years. They know how to defend that offense, both the run and the pass. And um, the, the, run wasn't, the run wasn't completely – I mean, they had some nice runs, but it just the production wasn't there. And we just saw some missed throws. Now, I think that first interception really and – and, and Martellus Bennett – sort of alluded this to the week during the week you know he said he even though he statistically he had his best game as a giant he said he really messed up in the game and i and i think he was alluding to that pass that was the first interception because that didn't look like that looked like a really sloppy route and i i have a feeling that he messed up on that one but the second interception eli said he never saw the linebacker there and that was that was a bad throw on him and he missed some throws he missed that one to cruise in the end zone that should have been an easy easy score touchdown 
Um, there were a couple other passes that he was off the mark or he was throwing high and the receivers bailed him out. Um, the only thing I wasn't thrilled with offensively is, again, and I think the offense did enough to win the game, but there was just some questionable things like late in the um, um, game when they're trying to run out the clock. It's, it's third and one. And I don't have a problem throwing the football in that situation, but I hate being in the shotgun on third and one um, because I just think that's telegraphing. You know, you can do the, the, the shotgun handoff to the running back there, but I, I like getting in, the, in a more traditional set and at least make the, the other team think, hey, there's a, there's a really good chance they're going to run the football here. I think when you get in the shotgun and, and third and short, that that's not ideal. And and they had a chance to complete that pass, and if they completed that pass, they run out the clock, and you know that 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 whole sequence that ended the game doesn't happen there. But I, I would like them to 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 run to to focus on the run a little bit more and run out route because they did that against the 49ers too. And if you remember in the in the late in the fourth quarter, or the, the almost the entire fourth quarter against the 49ers, they just ran out the clock by running the football. I would that would have been a nice situation. I think you bring in Andre Brown and try to have him pick up a yard up the middle there. Yeah, they did a brilliant job last week against the 49ers, and you would think that they would try to run out the clock this week. But I think the Giants and Gilbride and Eli just thought that they could pass on this team all day because they probably looked at the stat that they were the worst pass defense in the league, and they just thought that they were going to have their way. And I know, think so, too. You know, yeah, you're right. Eli Eli did miss some targets early in the game. I don't think the win was a factor, but Cruz on a slant's an easy touchdown, and he also missed Cruz on that long play yep. earlier on, which then worked for them later in the game, thankfully. Yep. But also, yeah, you know, if it wouldn't be the Giants if they didn't make you sweat it out at the end of a game. <laughs> you know, and it wouldn't be the Giants if they basically – gave the ball back to RG3 with a chance to win the game, and it wouldn't be the Giants if you knew that there was going to be at least over a minute left and you were going to put the ball into Eli Manning's hands. And I think we're spoiled now with all these, you know, I think it's 24 now, you know, game-winning drives or comebacks in, in the yeah. fourth quarter, and we're all spoiled as Giant fans knowing as soon as this man gets the ball in his hands, if there's any time on the clock, you know, you always have a decent jo- decent chance of winning the game, and we almost won the game against Philadelphia, but at least we had a chance to win the game. So I think once again the Giants were in place to win the game, and what do they do? They take this shot down the field, which I really was happy about because you could think, look, Eli just threw this bad interception, which kept the Redskins in the game and maybe gives the Redskins this victory, and Gilbride and Eli – you know, just look at each other and like, you know what, why hold back now? Let's just go for it again. And I think that the Giants are putting so much trust into Eli Manning. And I think it's really showing, you know, this past year and even last year, you know, what capabilities this man has. Yeah, and it was an interesting play because really the Giants offense, they have option routes. And basically the receiver has the ability and the quarterback has the ability to throw different types of passes on the on, on same given play depending on what the defense does. But it puts a lot of pressure on both the quarterback and the wide receivers to read the defense exactly the same. And if they don't read the play exactly the same, that's where you can get a bad interception or you know some uh, a bad mistake that can happen. And both Cruz and Manning read the fact that the safety was sort of sitting down and waiting for an, for an outcut there. And they saw that you know, man, they're 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 giving us this deep deep ball here. Now it's interesting, you know. A lot of fans will complain. You know, remember they it was incomplete on first down, so it's second and ten. They're at the twenty-three. There's only about a minute. Well, I forget what a minute twenty left in the game. You know, if that ball's incomplete, you're, you're going to get some fans, I'm sure, going, "Why are they taking so many deep shots? Why don't they just try, try to?" Because again, a field goal ties the game. 
well, you know, it's interesting. This is a high-risk offense, and that's just the way it is. And Eli Manning's a gunslinger, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And we've seen this in previous games and previous seasons where it's fourth and ten, or fourth or and five, and they're throwing the football, you know, twenty five yards downfield and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and here was one of those situations where the coverage dictated that they throw down the field and it worked and I can't imagine what Redskins fans were going through at the end of that game because that was a fantastic comeback for the Redskins and they've got to be thinking well Manning's not playing really well he's thrown two picks you know our defense is all they have to do is hold here for for a minute more and we've got this thing what and that he's going 77 yards for the for the game winning touchdown that's just and that's you know we've seen great comebacks from Eli but we don't normally see it on one one pass one pass like that uh-huh. too yeah well it looked like pitch and catch and and I think we have to realize it from both sets of fans now that's a good point. Redskin fans are saying, "Oh my gosh, you know, RG3 does this great comeback and we're going to win the game, but you know, on the flip side of it, you got the Giant fans that are saying, "Oh, RG3 is, has this great comeback, but we have a minute 30 left and we have Eli Manning." So I think the yeah. Redskin fans, just as excited they had to be about RG3 showing them this comeback ability in the fourth quarter, they got to know that if Eli Manning's getting the ball back with a minute 30, you kind of got to expect that it's going to come down to the wire. So I think what Redskin fans, you know, they they kind of saw both sides of it. They saw the excitement that one young guy can bring. And then you hand over the ball to somebody with a minute thirty left that just takes the ball and goes. Yeah, I, and I heard. This. I heard on the uh, post game. I was actually in in the D.C. area, and I heard on the post game on the radio, Redskin fans calling in, and they were like, "We got to get new defensive backs. Our defensive coordinator stinks." You know, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Same kind of thing you you hear from Giants fans. I think after a loss, it's you know the coach's fault or the player's fault. And then the host was saying, "Hey." It's Eli Manning. You know, he he does this to you all the time, and you got to give the man his credit. You know, that you know we yes we we can get we we need to get better players, and they shouldn't have messed up there. But you've also got to give Eli credit. And I, I was I was actually um, impressed with the host recognizing that, and I think you're starting to see that more around the league now, where you're getting these commentators finally saying, "Hey, he's one of the best, if not the best, quarterbacks in the league right now," and and. And you're not, no lead is safe with him as long as you've got him on the field. <laughs> Eric, it's a divisional game, I understand. It's a, it's a 1 o'clock game in, in, the, in the middle of October. This man has done it in the playoffs. He's done it against great teams in the Super Bowl. You know, I think Eli just takes it in stride, and that's just the kind of quarterback that he is. And he'll take any situation. So I don't think this was big to him, bigger than any other moment that he's ever yeah. done. And, and now the Giants find themselves going into another divisional game on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, who really outplayed the Giants in the first week of the season. And we're going to come right back and talk about that on the Big Blue Breakdown podcast. This is Joe Cal and Eric Kennedy. YesNetwork.com's award-winning coverage includes blogs and columns from the pros who have their pulse on New York sports. It's truly a one-stop source for all of the best videos, news, and information on the web. That's all at YesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown. Once again, here are Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown podcast here on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow along with Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive message board website. Gives you all the information about this week's game in Dallas where you can send some questions, get some information about injuries. And what I just found out was 
Dallas's leading tackler, Sean Lee, an excellent player, is probably gone for the season right now. And I think he's this done is a, for the year. Yeah. Wow. They, put him, they put him on injured reserve, so he's officially done. You know, usually we're getting Giants news usually on Wednesdays where we're finding out somebody's hurt or somebody's going to be out for this game. And I think this has to be a real advantage to the Giants now who really, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, needing a victory in the division last week, period. But now you don't want to lose to the same team twice. And I think the Giants play very good games on the road. So I think this is going to be a nice challenge for them down in Dallas. Yeah, and DeMarco Murray's doubtful, and it sounds like he's not going to play. And he, two guys that hurt the Giants last time was DeMarco Murray on offense and Sean Lee on defense. They also lost, um, they got their center hurt um, in the last game, and it looked like he was going to be out for a while. And, and um, it's not definite he's going to be out, but he, it looked like a pretty bad ankle sprain. On the flip side, um, David Boss injured his ankle, and he's out of practice today, so we don't know if we're going to have to go into this game sort of reorganizing our offensive line. They may have to play Kevin Booth at center and bring Deal back in at, at guard for this game. We'll have to see what happens with that as they get into Thursday and Friday if Boss is going to practice. But, yeah, Dallas is missing some players on, on, on that, that, that on paper looks like it might hurt them. And Felix Jones, their backup's a little banged up, too. He's going to play, but he's not 100% either. So this is a huge, huge game. Um, I, the way I look at this every year is the division games matter more than anything. So if you look at the schedule, I know the fans circles certain other games because they're, they're more glamorous teams are out there. But the, the games that matter the most, you've got to get into the playoffs in order to to, to have a chance at the Super Bowl. And the easiest way to get to the playoffs is to win the division. And to win the division, you got to win division games. And I look at the last, the, the most important games to me on this giant schedule are this game, the, the second Redskins game, and the final Eagles game. These, these are the, all the huge games, that, that are the biggest games to me that are, and there are other big games, but these are the big three ones. And this is a huge game for them. And dropping that one at home to start the season was bad, and they've got to make up for it this week. And they play well in Dallas. I don't think they've lost in that stadium down there yet. Eli tends to play well down there, um, but they've got to show up. I mean, this is a if Dallas loses this game, they they're in desperate trouble. So this is a this is a huge game for them too. This is a must win. They, they they're more desperate than the Giants are to win this game. So the Giants better go and show show up and not assume because Dallas is banged up that, that things are going to fall into place. Because we saw Tony Romo can do some damage. He's up and down, but he when he's on he can do some damage. And they still got Des Bryant who's up and down, but he's a good player. Miles Austin's a good player. Winton's a good player. They can move the ball. And defensively, they've got still got some good players. So they've got to win this game, and they've got to show up and, and from, from the get-go and play a full 60 minutes. Yeah, I have, I have confidence that the Giants are going to play a good game on the road because it just seems like they're always prepared and they always play better and more focused uh, at the start of the game on the road. And they, it seems like they play more complete games on the road, and they always tend to rise to the level of their competition. I think Dallas is... You know, one of those teams where it's it's a week to week team, but you made a good point before. You know, it's a divisional game. It's very important, and we already lost to the Cowboys. You know, you already lost to the Eagles. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of figure that you're gonna lose one game to the Eagles every year. It just seems like the Giants never sweep the Eagles, so you just you just kind of know that. But the Dallas Cowboys, you mentioned that they had a lot of success in the stadium, especially Eli Manning, and I think the Cowboys are well aware of everything. And I think the Cowboys, that's a great point you brought up too about they really have to go all out for this game because the Giants could really put some separation between them and the rest of the division with this game. 
because you really haven't seen anything outstanding from the Reds uh, from the Eagles so far this season, and we already thank God got a victory over the Redskins because I th- I just think the Redskins are going to get better and better. They yeah. have I think the the uh, offensive formula to win a lot of games. So I'm expecting the Giants to be focused in this game. I do think the Cowboys are going to play a very very good game on the other end, and I want to know your thoughts on what we saw with the Cowboys the first game against the Giants. We yeah, saw Romo and their quick slants, and we saw how he beat them with their with his legs. So do you think that formula is going to go into this game? Yeah, and before we get to that, real quick, just to follow up on something that you said too. The, the thing is, is if the Giants can come out of this game with a win. They'll have four other division games done, and most of the division, rest of the division hasn't played the division games yet, and they can start beating up on each other. Mm-hmm. So if the Giants come out of this game with a win, like you said, create some separation, not only do they do that, but when then, then you still the Eagles got to play the Redskins a couple of times, Dallas has got to play both of them a couple of times, and if they can start sort of going, you know, knocking each other off there, then you really are going to create some separation. That's huge. Now, to answer your question with this, I think we'll, it'll be much better um, because I think if people remember, the, we were the secondary was real messed up in that first game. We had Justin Tryon who was out there um, trying to cover slants, and they were just abusing him. Um, Mukamara is playing better every week. I, you know, I'm sure we're still going to see a play here or there where fans are going to jump on his case because corners will get beat. But um, he's he's playing better and better. I think Web, Webster is playing through this hamstring injury that he has, and and um, you know he's starting to get a little bit better. Um, the nice thing is is um, uh, Brown and Stevie Brown at safety has actually been playing pretty well with um, Kenny Phillips being out. I'd love to have Kenny Phillips this week, but it doesn't look like he's going to be back. Um, Brown seems to be in the right place at the right time with some timely interceptions and he's a big guy. He does take some chances though that we you know they've the Redskins missed a deep ball in the game and we saw this in another game um early in the year where he was out of place. So that's the one thing that worries me with Stevie Brown is sometimes he's not the ideal center fielder that you have back there with Kenny Phillips. But I think the secondary is going to be tightened up. You got Hosley's he's playing and he's in he got burned last uh last week against the Redskins but He's been, he's been an asset. Mukamara's gaining experience. Hosley's gaining experience. Webster's back there. I think the safe. I think the secondary will be better. I think you're going to get Chris Canny's is going to get more snaps. That'll help up front with the pass rush. The thing with them is they just got to keep keep um, Romo from scrambling around. Mm-hmm. If you keep Romo in the pocket and you keep him from improvising back there, you usually can you usually can do a decent job on him. And I think as long as they they cover his security blanket, Witten and they keep him scrambling around, I think they'll be all right with the passing game. Great point. Please, and I know every Giant fan is going to be saying this, cover Witten on third down. Yes. Please. He's a the... security blanket. That's the guy he goes to. <laughs> every it's, situation. It's amazing how we're all yelling that, how he always gets these big third downs and even these you know, these goal line plays. Please just cover Witten on third down. I mean, that, that's that's the first guy Romo's going to look at. You know, and I, 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 if I'm the Cowboys, I have much more confidence throwing to Witten than throwing to Des Bryant, who, who sometimes could be a wild card. I'd rather put my Giant cornerbacks up against Des Bryant than worrying about about Witten beating a linebacker. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I think we're going to see a typical Giants-Dallas game. I think the Giants' offense is chomping at the bit to get at this Dallas defense. Now, in the first game, all you heard about were the offseason acquisitions of the Cowboys when they brought in the cornerbacks and, and how excited Rob Ryan was for this. And Victor Cruz had some drops in that first game, and I think he's been outstanding 
you know, from that point on this season. And Akeem Nix was still, you know, coming off an injury. And, and oh, he was like, really bad. Yeah. Like he Nix seems he is every week. <laughs> yeah, and Nix was really bad in that game because he just yeah. wasn't – You could t- he's more out there on one leg. So you're right. Yeah, and it just seems like we have to get used to Nix being hurt every week. But, you know, if he plays through the pain like he's been doing these last couple of weeks, I mean, he still makes, you know, stellar catches. So I think uh, I think the, the Giants offense is really chomping at the bit. We saw so much emotion, too, last week, Eric out of Ahmad Bradshaw, you know, and, and maybe it's the truth that we're finding out later. Maybe it's an internal thing with the Giants that we're never going to find out about he, why he was so excited. And I understand that the Giants did not run the ball a lot in that game, but I'm excited to see now with Sean Lee being out of the game, what Ahmad Bradshaw in this running game, maybe mixing a little bit of Wilson in this game too, and Andre Brown could do against the Dallas defense. Yeah, I, You know, I sort of have a little bit of a premonition here that not from a from a running back standpoint but maybe maybe as a receiver maybe they'll throw a bone to him but you got to think Wilson is looking for some redemption in this game you know I'm sure he feels like he cost the Giants a chance in that first game to win that game and you know wouldn't it be sweet for him this is the game where he has his kickoff return for a touchdown I you know I I wouldn't be shocked if this is the if this is the game that we see it and you know Lee's not in there at linebacker. You got to think that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna run the, run the football, you know, uh, at the, at this Dallas defense. And I agree with you. I think, you know, Nix is is not a hundred percent. He's probably not gonna be a hundred percent all year, but he is practicing more each week now. And I think he's getting healthier. Now I don't think he's gonna be healthy, but I think he's getting healthier. So I think we're gonna see a better. Uh, a better Hakeem than we saw in in the first game. I think Cruz obviously he was having had the bad drop season that game. Hickson keeps coming up with big catches. Bennett, you know he's he's a guy that he's you know this is his former team. Um, so as long as they can block these guys up front, uh, Eli has good games down there. I think they'll be okay on offense. They just you know don't turn the football over. You know get turn don't settle for field goals. Get touchdowns and and I think they'll be okay. And I love the feedback that we've been getting on BigBlueInteractive.com and the questions and all the comments that we've been getting. And I understand we have some questions this week. Yeah, there's two um, really related to each other. I'll, I'll, I'll say both of them right out front because they're related. One is from Giddy Poster Giddy4. It says, um, I'd like to discuss the evolution of the defense and specifically how the scheme has been tightening in the second half of games and which players are taking, taking a key role in that. And related to that question um, from um, Big Blue Blogger, he said, uh, how have Fuel's options been constrained by personnel limitations, particularly at defensive tackle, middle linebacker, and defensive back? Um, you know, with Giddy Force's first point, my, my reaction was is I don't think the defense has been tightening up really in the second half of games. I, I think – you know the tendency to look at the Redskins game was well they they stopped them on three straight drives with those turnovers and that, that's always a great source of debate were the turnovers self-inflicted or did the defense force them? The thing that made me nervous about this game with the Giant, Giants defense is this: is, is we've seen two games where they've really been really good. We we saw them really dominating in the Panthers game. We saw them really dominating um, after two early drives. Um, against the 49ers uh, and a good 49ers team. But I still don't have the sense that we have seen them put together the type of defense that they're capable of. I, I'm still disappointed in, in, in the way that they're playing. And, and I, it bothered me 
even though the Giants won the, the Redskins game, it really bothers me the way RG3 and and Morris and those and, and that offense was able to move the ball up and down the field in an offense that really doesn't have a lot of skill positions at you know at wide receiver and tight end and they really had problems like once again stopping the opposing defense uh, offense at the end of a game I mean again that's where you want the you know traditional Giants defense let's let's finish this out let's end this game right here right now. And, um, you know, they let them go down the field and take the lead, and the offense had to bail them out again. So I, I don't get the sense that they're, they're making these adjustments that Giddy Four seems to be suggesting. At, but, and, but related to that, with the second question, I do think the personnel have had an issue with this somewhat because, again, Canny just got back. They're missing Rocky Bernard. You know, Marcus Kuhn is probably going to be a decent player for them, but he's still a rookie and he's still learning on the job. Marvin Austin's still very inexperienced. They're they're not real deep at defensive tackle, and Linville Joseph's in there fighting, you know, as as much as he can. But you've seen he's gotten dinged up a little bit too. I I, I think you know um, Chase Blackburn every week comes, seems to be coming up with huge plays, but it's the it's the regular ordinary plays. That I, I'm 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 not seeing out of him. I'm not seeing a lot of tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage with him. A lot of those play action fakes. I was talking with Griffin. He was the guy who kept getting fooled in that game. And uh, you know the, the coaches keep sticking up for him. And I and I think he's a smart player. But I wonder. I still wonder how much you know having him at middle linebacker sometimes hurts them. And obviously the secondary has been a revolving door for much of the year. And I think that's hurt too. Yeah, and I think Giddy Four has to realize also the the competition that they're playing against. RG three is fresh out of college, and you know it's hard. You know when he's coming, when he's playing from behind, teams just have to get used to chasing after this guy for four quarters because he has all this energy. He's got an arm that's you know a real threatening arm. So I think that that kind of function, you know, that kind of matters into how the Giants play defense against a team like the Redskins now at any point in the game, whether they have a lead or not. And and also, you know, we will talk about a game against Michael Vick where late in the game again you got this guy that's running around with the legs. And, you know, after three and a half quarters of football, you know, the Giants defense could, you know, you're going to get tired. You have older guys now on the defensive line, and it and it's hard. So I think the Giants had a brilliant job against the 49ers of all four quarters, but you had Alex Smith back there who not only is not a mobile guy, but he was off target. He played a hit in a horrible game. And, and Cam Newton just couldn't get anything started from the get-go in that game. So that was two good points that you brought up. And I think Romo's one of those guys I think we have to worry about this week because, you know, he's not as fast as RG3 or Michael Vick, but he's also a mobile quarterback, which you made a good point about before, too. Once he eludes one of the first tacklers, you don't want to be running around chasing after him because I think he's better throwing on the run than he is in the pocket. Uh, so, you know, I think, it, I think it all changes, and the level of competition, I think, also – you know, depends on what the Giants are going to face on defense. And because, you know, you went against Freeman, you went against Brandon Whedon, you know, it's kind of not the same. So I think it's a game to game kind of thing with the defense. And the defensive line with Canty coming back, I think, is, is a real great help. But I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think the defensive line is going to get better as the season progresses. And I think it's a pattern with the Giants that you saw in the last couple of years. You saw a lot of teams get a lot of yards on them, maybe in September and October. And then the Giants always play their best defensive line and they get their most sacks and they have their most pressures towards the end of the season. So I think that this year, providing everybody's healthy, because you've got a guy like JPP who I think is just going to get better as the season goes on, providing everybody's healthy, 
I think we're going to see that pass rush that we all thought we'd be seeing. I think all this stuff's going to come from mid-November on, where I think the Giants are on pattern to do that every year. Yeah, and I, I, I hope that's what's going to happen, and, and that's what I think will happen. But they just got to play more disciplined football. It's the thing that's driving me nuts right now is you, you, they're alternating these really good game defensive games with these games where sometimes it's not even just getting beat. It's just the discipline. It's it's. I, I've seen I'm seeing the mental mistakes against in the games against the Eagles in the game against the uh, the Redskins where they're just it's almost like I don't want to say they're not well prepared I don't know if it's the coaches not getting it to them or they're not assimilating this sometimes but it's almost like much of that Redskins offense and that is a pain in the rear end to defend that 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 pistol offense but it's almost like they didn't they were surprised by it it, it seemed like. They didn't know what to do. They were running around sometimes, and that, that bothered me. And there was a really strange comment at the end of the Eagles game where one of the defenders said they were – or Perry Fuel said that they were surprised by by the speed of um, McCoy at running back. Well, how can you be surprised by somebody you've been playing against for, for the last few years who's killed you? You know, it's that type of thing where, you know, I just want to see them play more disciplined defense where people aren't out of position. And they, as long as they do that, I agree with you. I think as they move down the stretch – they look like they're trending towards getting healthier, and and hopefully that when the games become even more critical, that that'll start showing up. I just want to see a really good series of defensive games, not up and down, up and down. So hopefully we'll see that. Um, one other question too that's been very popular this week is, just, you know, the contract status of Victor Cruz and Mike N in Ottawa. I wanted to know what our thoughts were on uh, possibly getting a new contract during this year or wait till after the year because Cruz was on the radio yesterday saying he'd like to get you know he's he's hopeful or he hopes to get a new contract even before the end of this year and my my um, initial thoughts on that is you know if they can get it done great but I I, I don't think there's pressure to do it immediately and um, it's you know it's always um, it's pick your poison sometimes with these deals because the longer you wait if he keeps putting up huge numbers, he's going to get more expensive. At the same time, God forbid he gets hurt, you know, with something serious. You don't want to get, you know, invest a lot of money in a player who, who has a serious knee injury or something like that. So, a lot of the times, I think that they they normally wait to the end of the year to get these things done. I, I'm pretty confident that they will get it done. He'll be a restricted free agent, and they can protect him at a higher level, anyways, and have the right to match. I, I, my guess is. It's not. It wouldn't be un, terribly unusual for them to do it during the season. But my guess is it it, it, it won't be. Um, it'll be more likely it'll be happen afterwards. And I and I, I think it'll get done. I also think it's going to get done. I think it's going to get done probably after the season. I think the Giants can end up paying him a lot of money either way because, you know what? I think he's the type of player that the Giants want on their team now. I think we spoke earlier in the year about the Giants mainly on offense looking for explosive players, guys that can catch the ball and really go to town after they catch the ball. And I think Victor Cruz is one of the best in the league right now, Eric, of catching the ball and making things happen after he catches. He turned around the Giants' season last year basically in that Jets game with that long touchdown, and he made a terrific catch to to win the division last year against the Dallas Cowboys where he basically went up and got the ball at a critical time. And I just think you see it over and over again from Victor Cruz, and I think that that's the type of player that Gilbride loves, that Eli Manning loves, and I think the Giants organization are falling in love with now because I think you saw that in the draft when they drafted a guy like David Wilson. They want some excitement after a guy catches the ball, and I think that Victor Cruz is one of the standouts in this league now, so I have full confidence. And he's a great compliment to Hakeem Nick. 
Nix because I think Akeem Nix is a better pure receiver, and I think they make a really, really good tandem that Eli Manning could be, you know, really great for the next five, six years with. So as long yeah. as they stay healthy, that's key is keeping that core together. And I think um, the thing is, he's not a diva. You know, he could he could have come, he could have held out this year. He could have been raising a big stink, and he kept saying, you know, it'll get done. I'm not worried about it. And I think the Giants take care of people like that. You know, Justin Tuck has been like that in the, in the past and other players who they know that they're going to get paid and they don't they don't feel like they need to raise a big stink about it like a Shockey or, or a Humanior or sometimes have, have gone to the press. I think it'll get done. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see when this season's over um, how they handle this roster because there's a lot of salary right now invested in guys that are towards the end of their career and then they've got some guys that are really look like they're going to be the core of the future like a Hakeem Nix if he can stay healthy like a Cruz um, like a JPP and I think they're going to have to make some tough decisions and maybe let some people go that have been institutions here during this run um, or try to restructure contracts because I think they're going to have to spend the money on the up-and-coming players who are really the heart of the team right now. And it's going to be interesting because I think there's going to be a little bit of a turnover, and some of it's going to be sad. You know, you see people like Brandon Jacobs already gone, and you see some of these people that, are, that were so important, like a, like a, a Rich, Rich Seibert or a Sean O'Hara who have already left. But I think you're going to start seeing more of those types of names, and you, that's just the nature of the beast. you got to do that now. It's the business of football, and I'm going to take care of some business this weekend because I'm heading down to Big D to watch the game. I was there for the first game in the new stadium where the Giants walked out victorious. I was oh, wearing good. I was wearing my Mark Bavaro jersey, so I think the decision is already made which jersey yeah, keep that going. I will be wearing. <laughs> I'm gonna go with old school Bavaro and hopefully I'll get some you know, I'll get some Giants fans around me and we're gonna march out to some, you know, victory uh, this coming Sunday down in Texas. And until next week, folks, for Eric Kennedy, this is Joe Callow. Stay true, stay blue.